Well, I, I think uh, part of the success of South Africa is is is, is re really the South African winemakers was hung, hungry in the 90s to to reach out and see um, the world's wine. We was a little bit isolated, and that's also why uh, suddenly we had, had some of the greatest chefs in the world. The same same thing happened there. Today I'm talking to Edmund Terblanche, who is the winemaker at La Motte Wine Estate, South Africa. Hello, Edmund. Hello, welcome So lovely to see you again here on Zoom. Yes, I believe it's, it sounds like a better like a better signal this time. It's wonderful, yeah. No, it's great. So, um, Edmund, I would so love to talk to you about the winemaking, your winemaking at La Motte farm and and how you got into the wine industry so uh just let's start there what was it about winemaking that um inspired you to become a winemaker yes at the time when when uh, when i was at school uh in the 80s uh it, it wasn't seen as a career i think by many people uh, my father was in the agricultural uh side of our business He's, he he was selling um uh agricultural stuff and uh, so i was in touch with 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 farmers although we ourselves we we didn't farm uh, we had family that farmed and uh my father used to arrive at, at home very often with fruit that he brought from farmers and including grapes and at some stage we um like all of us we had to make a decision what are you doing and um I, I wanted to, to become a chemist. Uh, my mother wanted me to become a doctor. So I actually applied to, but at that stage, the University of Stellenbosch um, um, school for that particular career, they closed down and there was less people that was allowed in. Probably also my, my didn't uh, have enough uh, to go to, I mean, in any case, to, to become a, a doctor. Uh, but yes, agriculture was was always undermined, and my dad didn't like it because he says agriculture is not paying. But oh. um, I, I've heard about something, somebody that that, that studied winemaking. Uh, but at that stage, also computers was 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 a new thing um, in the mid eighties. So I thought, okay, if you become a computer fundi. Um, that's maybe option. It's becoming bigger and bigger, but people will never stop drinking. So why why don't you become a, a winemaker? So um, uh, I decided to to apply for for as 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 a winemaker in studying agriculture with winemaking as 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 main subject, or viticulture and enology. And um, I started off in the, in '86 with with that University of Stellenbosch. But then uh, another. Uh, option came around uh, they were actually looking for students to for in the in the, in the forestry department for parks and recreation management and there was bursaries and my father had three children at university so there wasn't a lot of money around so i took the the bursary and i finished parks and recreation uh honest to green parks and recreation wow at, uh, bursary um, commitments that I had to go and do in Johannesburg um, at the Benoni City Council as a Parks and Recreation Manager. So I I went up in the ranks there, uh, later on Assistant Head of Parks and Recreation. But then it always bothered me, why did I leave the winemaking? 
I, I started to look into wine. Uh, I collected wine. Um, always found myself buying the wine magazine. And well, at one day I just decided to, uh, after all my commitments was finished and my car was paid off, I went back to university or actually wow. to agricultural um, school wow. at, at Elsenburg and studied again at the age of 29 um, winemaking. And directly after that, uh, straight to Lamotte, assistant winemaker at first. And three years later, um, the original winemaker from Lamotte, the, the first winemaker from Lamotte, uh, Jacques Borman, he, he decided to go and pursue his own thing. And I took over from him in 2003. So, yes, I'm, I'm here. Was my first job, and it's twenty three, almost twenty three years later. So my goodness, oh, that's but but what a wonderful story that you that it uh, fascinated you so much that you in the end turned back and said, okay, now I'm going to study because at the age of twenty nine you already must have been established in your other career. Correct. It was difficult. Uh, luckily, I I didn't have uh, any dependents and. Um, and um, it was so single. I was. It was easier, easier to make that move. It's still very difficult uh, to 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 transist yourself. Um, had support support from friends and a girlfriend. Um, everybody said, "Yes, go for it. Nothing to lose." Mm -hmm. uh, difficult become a student at the age of almost thirty, and um, your 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 people sitting next to you is ten years younger. But I actually enjoyed it. Um, really. Uh, at the end, we were 10 students studying winemaking, and uh, the, the tradition there is, is that you go on a, on, a, on a European tour after you finish your, your study. So I went with nine other um, students, which was all um, 10 years younger than me, and toured uh, Spain and Portugal, and um, enjoyed a lot of things. Uh, had some fun. I be almost became, became, became a little bit younger, and, and those people <laughs> are my friends today. So uh, it wasn't so difficult at, at all. And um, yeah. uh, starting at La Motte, just mm -hmm. after that was was a blessing. Um, it was it, it was really a good position to have uh, at that stage. So I was I was also very lucky, very mm -hmm. lucky to end up at La Motte. And um, La Motte also um, allowed me and from from an early stage, you know, to marketing trips. Um, and visiting clients and agents overseas, seeing the world, uh, seeing other vineyards, um, um, going on to technical trips, me, myself, my CEO, often to France, Australia. Uh, that's what Lamotte allowed me to do. And that's all in, in our training. I, in fact, you study at the, at the place, but you really get, get to, to know the things that you're doing where you work. And um, my my previous, my boss at first, Jacques Borman, he was sort of a mentor. Um, and then um, there was also other people internally. Um, this winemaker for Leopard's Leap, which is all same ownership, which is many years older than than me, with a lot of knowledge. He was a, a teacher at, at Elsinore College for seventeen years. So I was I was also um, um, close, you know, within a within a phone call from this type of people um, that that that. In, in job training, you can say you can put it like that. Um, yeah. That's, well, I've, that's, uh, yeah, I've heard also from another winemaker that Jacques Borman um, was his mentor, and uh, you know that he learned so much from him. So it is uh, probably in your line of work so important to have 
the people and to have this experience and people that you can learn from. Absolutely. Um, you know, our CEO, um, Hein Kuchlenberg, um, married to the owner. Um, he's also a qualified winemaker. Um, good good palate. We also taste together uh, fun of the, the same styles and, and things. So, yes, very important to have those people around. Uh, also, another very important thing is um, you, you cannot reach your destination if you don't know where you're going. So um, part, of, part, part of, of what we do is we taste the best wines in the world. And that's also uh, thanks to Lamotte and thanks to um, mutual uh, sort of uh, agreement. We, we, we taste some of the best wines in the, in the world very regularly. And um, we know what to aim for. Uh, that's that's very important, and and that's also what Lamotte uh, gave us uh, from an early time on to uh, enable us to, to taste some of the best wines in the world. So, how important do you think is to go? Is it for winemakers in South Africa to go outside and and see what other vineyards are doing? Um. Well, I think uh, part of the success of South Africa is is is, is re really the South African winemakers was hung hungry in the nineties to to reach out and see um, the world's wine. We was a little bit isolated, and that's also why uh, suddenly we had, had some of the greatest chefs in the world. The, the same the same thing happened there. We were quick to learn, quick to, to taste, quick to tour around, um, and, and I think it's it's very, very important, uh, uh, that kind of exposure. Every country that you can go to, you, you, you catch tips, um, something small, uh, maybe a, a type of container or a, way, a method that another winemaker uses. Uh, I was also lucky enough to work for six um, weeks in, in, in France for one season. Um, I was uh, I was lucky to meet uh, a guy, a Frenchman, who was a consultant, and he had many clients. And uh, he basically uh, told me, "Yes, just I missed the company. I often drive this car for him while he was sleeping, and then we would visit clients. And I counted and I kept a record. Uh, I visited fifty six sellers in six weeks. Wow. And tasted, um, um, in each of those cellars, you tasted all the young wines. Um, so that's part of your library. It was imprinted in me, and uh, I will never forget uh, that that in, in that time that you are in a steep learning curve, um, and you can you just gulp up everything, and you it's it's imprinted in your in your mind. So that that still has a huge influence. That was two thousand four, August, uh, September, uh, September, October of of um, of, of two thousand four uh, in the Rhone in in France. Very very important. But now, are winemakers open to share their knowledge and their? You must have some tricks up your sleeve that you wouldn't want somebody else to know to make your wine uh, better or is or, or are you just like um sharing with each other and and um you know exchanging ideas um just this past monday uh, normally once a month on a monday um, evening we have a tasting group of winemakers we have about 24 people 
We were 17 on Monday evening and we had a tasting um, that was uh, presented uh, by another well-known uh, brand uh, uh, winemaker. And, and it, it, one of the elements of the evening was how honest this guy was. Um, and they very successful and his honesty just shined out of him. Uh, and he shared everything that he knows. He acknowledged the mistakes that he made. And that was for me now a very good example of what is happening in, in, in South Africa. You can, you can copy anybody um, uh, exactly, but you will never end up with the same product. So that's the, that's the one thing about uh, wine. It's not Coca-Cola. It's um, nothing against Coca-Cola. It goes well with brandy. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, grape, it, it shows itself where it is grown. You, you, and and the, the, the Monday evening, for, for instance, we, 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 we was, were shown the, the difference between different containers. The influence that that have on, on winemaking, you know, terracotta, um, amphoras, and and uh, and, and uh, concrete uh, eggs and stainless steel and barrels, all everything. Uh, but somehow you will never end up with the same product. You can copy, and uh, so so winemakers are very honest uh, in South Africa, um, share, sharing freely. And they, you can also always go and ask for help. Uh, they will, you will borrow stuff. They will give you th things to use. Um, uh, that's that's what I've experienced. Uh, I mean, twenty three years. You can call up anybody, and they will always be happy to help you with something. I, I, one of the sellers, some stage burned down um, a, a few years ago, and uh, it was just uh, fantastic to see how people um, phoned that particular cell and said, can we do something for you? Can we help you? And we will do this for you and this and that. So yes, that's that's uh, fantastic in that regard to work in South Africa. I'm not sure if it's the same in other countries, but uh, South Africa, uh, a very, very nice winemaking community. Well, it, when I started doing the interviews, because I wanted to to sort of uh, find out the, the art of winemaking, that it's not just... Um, uh, you know, it's not just about science, it's about the art form as well. I've also heard winemakers saying that, you know, you can have one vineyard and have two or three different winemakers use the grapes, but the wines will be different because of the personality and because of the personal touch of the uh, of the winemaker. So do you agree with that, that it's an art form, really, if you look at it that way, that it's not just that the science is important, but that it is a it is a personal thing and, and it is a way of creating something? Yes, I think uh, winemaking is, is about timing. Um, most important, um, when do you pick the grapes? Um, after that, every step of the way is... is, is is similar uh, in most sellers, uh, mm -hmm. but it depends on what do you do when. Uh, picking number one, uh, that determines a lot of things. And then um, how long do you keep it on the skins? Uh, how long do you basically keep it the wine as it is on the lease after fermentation um, before you go to the next step? Uh, there's obviously uh, critical things like temperatures, uh, which which also different in each cellar and and beliefs. But 
And then, um, obviously, everybody's palette is, is different. Everybody aim for for the, um, the different things, and um, you will also uh, look out for different things than other uh, winemakers. And if you uh, if you score your wines or you class it or you at some stage, you must decide what goes with what. And does that, this tank blend with that one? Do you top up this tank with that one? And with that, uh, every winemaker will be different uh, because of different palettes. So you, you may be aiming for a particular market uh, and a particular taste. Um, we are guided by our market. We need to um, to, to, to live up to the, to the wants of, the, of, of, of your market, the public. Uh, what do they want? Maybe... Like uh, we sell a lot of wine in China, they they, they perhaps have a sweeter palate. Uh, so um, you you taste for different things, but still, without you knowing, you will have a, a influence on the process because of daily things that happen in the cellar and the timing of that. Mm-hmm. So, what are your wines? What uh, what would you say to identify your wines? What is the 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 sort of the route you're going into um, characteristically of your wines? Well, um, I always try to to present uh, varietal characteristics. If, 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 it's, if you call the wine uh, Shiraz, if you call it Cabernet Sauvignon, there's a, there's a description for that uh, characteristics there's a there's a taste uh, and examples of some of that uh, variety which can be called the best in the world and you as i said earlier you taste that and that's a description so i aim for varietal characteristics um and try to to do that and the, the way that we do it is to to be, to be clinical in terms of of, of um hygienic and then also um, scientific methods, which it's proven. Uh, I think winemaking, um, after Louis Pasteur dis- discovered the yeast cell in 1860, around about 1860, um, before that, they've been making wine for 6,000 years uh, without knowing really what happens in the process. And Louis Pasteur discovered the yeast cell. And since then, we, we, we're busy trying to, to make the yeast cell happy. Because if a yeast cell is happy, uh, that's doing the the job of uh, converting sugar into alcohol, um, CO2, and heat. Uh, if 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 he does that optimally and and clinically and, and and correctly, then you end up with good byproducts. If if the the yeast cell is unhappy, it struggles. Um, then there's often it goes into different cycles that you don't want. And it, it, it produces off, off flavors. And um, even things like uh, uh, bioamins, uh, if I pronounce that correctly, correctly, that's the stuff that give you headaches. Um, so that can also happen. And, and so we believe in scientific methods. Um, there's a lot of winemakers that tells you for, for, for spontaneous fermentation that, that optimally uh, show you the characteristics of particular terroir. I, I'm a little bit different than that. I believe that the, the grapes shows the optimal terroir and you must take that fruit and convert that in the best wine possible. And that doesn't necessarily include the indigenous uh, yeast that's involved because the indigenous yeast 
um, might be uh, a little bit weaker than the one that you can buy and 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 uh, give you more varietal flavors or present the vineyard uh, uh, a little bit better. Um, with in, on that point, I think there's there will be a lot of differences. Um, um, that's my viewpoint, uh, and 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 I I to be hygienic and to be scientific correct. We listen to the latest um, scientific uh, things that comes out. Our our uh, suppliers of different products are very happy to share that the newest knowledge with us always. So we're in close contact with with those kind of suppliers. Uh, the info is for free. Um, they, we you we you buy products like yeast from them, and they give you the newest um, scientific info for free. So uh, we we make use of that. That's um, uh, so we try to express. The varietal characteristics, and with that, of course, then the vineyard. You must just select your vineyards correctly. Um, then you end up with the correct product. Uh, end of the day. Sounds a little bit uh, from the book to call wine a, a product, um, but that is what we do. It's a product. Yeah, but now it, uh, when the weather changes, so every year it must be uh, not exactly, or when there's a say uh, a drought suddenly or a, um, a lot of rain so it must be very um, different from year to year what the climate is and, and what the growth rate is how do you adapt then to the wine to, to keep your wine at this consistency at this uh, and, and like you're saying now to adding the yeast and uh, be scientific about it but the weather and the all the elements will change and the soil and so on so from year to year yes that's that's interesting that's that's why it will never be the same thing it's uh, it, again it's not a, a cool ring that you make according to a recipe uh, the year's different every year is different and i've i just find uh, the longer you are in in the business um i think each winemaker develop a gut feel about things uh, and you must always uh, give yourself room to to make decisions you 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 mustn't do if you have one block you're a little bit in doubt that you obviously this week next week what can you aiming for a certain kind of ripeness but you're not always 100% sure and then there's logistical things that happen the rain is coming your workforce on a monday maybe not as sharp as as they should be and then um, you must always, uh, I, I, I call it, you You give yourself toys to play with. You you take one block, you harvest it in three different stages. And then you end up with three different wines from the same same block. Uh, and then you keep that separate and let it age. And um, then you have more things to maneuver with. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you look back to what you had, you see what, what, what was successful. And you obviously try and, and, and blend towards a similar product that you had in the in the past. But, but just give yourself toys to play with. If you have obviously that three uh, stages, uh, you have three different wines, then you can go further on and put it in three different barrels uh, with different results. We have a shopping list of about 70 types of brands of barrels in South Africa. And then each and every cooperage will have a, a different uh, toasting regimes and origin of the oak of origin of the oak is also very important is it center of france is it um, a, a different forest is, is it from austria maybe you all get different and, and, and american barrels you you can take that same wine and make it change make it into 10 different types of wine 
and eventually uh, you will find your favorites and uh, you with that gut feel that you develop uh, you you end up doing things um uh, according to what you think uh, correctly so the, i think the each and one each each winemaker find himself that uh, sort of um, lanes that he that he operates in but now um winemaking is is the the physical part in the in the um winery or in the cellar it happens as certain times of the year that you're very active there but how does your seasons work um are you constantly connected to your vineyards to see the growth process and uh do you have to be involved say in the pruning and so on yes they again uh, each winemaker will be, be be different um if you take the size of our operation uh, the seller keeps me and my colleague. Uh, we, I've got another winemaker in the cellar. It keeps keeps us busy full time. I also um, um, uh, I maybe spent a lot of time also uh, assisting the marketing team, doing a lot of tastings, traveling. Um, I'm I'm going in a week's time. I will be gone for two weeks. Uh, this time of the year, uh, we make wine on the, on the telephone. So, uh, okay. so I need to go and do tastings in Johannesburg and um, also a, a little a visit to Germany. Um, uh, but some smaller operations, uh, a wine, some winemakers will be required of to, to work in a vineyard as well as, as oversee the cellar. And then you maybe get your, your hands more in, into the, the, the soil. And in, in the case of Lamat, we have a, a full-time farm manager that, that, that we together with uh, we will talk about it but, but it's not me that that's doing the actual job of, of pruning um, and then we also buying grapes from other areas we have uh, the internal vignettes our own vignettes that we manage and i also buy in grapes from from other farmers but then again they they act um and with with parallel with what we are saying and they, they they will always ask what 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 do you want from this vignette and then they will adapt the the program in the vignette according to what what the needs say so for instance we say we don't want more than 10 10 tons from a hectare they will prune it like that uh, in order to make us happy and we come to agreement and it's written on a contract and everything so yes in my in my case um i loved vignettes um and it was my highest marks at, uh, at at college was in 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 um in the oenology side of things but um so if i ended up in that direction i would have been very happy but uh, the seller and the marketing is mm -hmm. uh, most of my time but so you don't need to see the grapes certain times of the year to to see where the process is going you you only have to see the almost the end result thing uh we uh, i i make the decision on when we harvest uh run about uh, from november mm. uh, and december january i spent a lot of time in the vignettes because we need that to make that timing decision when do we harvest yeah. um i sometimes make use of a consultant uh just to to give some weight in in, in what we actually agreeing on in any case but just mm -hmm. the farmer the particular farmer for instance if it's a, 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 a that somebody that we buy from um 
I take sometimes with me a very good consultant and um, he will just emphasize what I'm saying in order to please the farmer and say, well, we're making the right decision. So it's just giving more weight to my, to what our decision is. Uh, that's part of the thing. So yes, now in the winter time, I, I, I don't see the vignettes a lot. Um, well, I, I, I live on the farm, so I go jogging and with the dogs and I'm always next to the vineyards. I live right next to uh, one of our best blocks uh, of Shiraz. Uh, so um, I see it all the time. I'm, I'm, but 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 we are fairly active involved in the process during December and January and February when we harvest. Okay. Um, but now I want to ask you also about the uh, the old vines, um, the wine that's been ma made with the old vines, and there's an old vine project also in South Africa. Uh, what are your um, um, opinion about that, and and do you also make use of old vineyards? At the moment, we we don't have a certified. Um, you need to be thirty five years old uh, plus, and then you can certify an old vineyard, and you can uh, mention that kind of info on your label. Um, we we not in, involved. Lamotte started in 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 nineteen eighty five. So um, that is almost going now towards th 35 years. But but uh, we, we're also sitting with, with, with viruses in, in South African vineyards. So in the Lamotte's case, there's not one single vineyard here that's still here that's, that was planted in 85. The, the, the oldest that I'm aware of is, is was planted in 1995. Um, so we don't have old, old vineyards or in, in, in buying an old vineyard. Um, I, I I believe in old vineyards, especially if you taste wines that's made from 150-year-old vineyards in France and Australia. I've seen examples, and uh, I think you there's something uh, the wine makes itself. You get lower yields. You get wines that uh, because of the lower yields and, and and all the attention to that particular fruit from from that uh, site. Uh, you get something in the wine that tells you this is an older vineyard. I think you really make a better wine. But then you must uh, take in consideration um, uh, viruses that also have an influence. So for me, old is not necessarily good in South Africa. We first get, we used to need to get rid of viruses. Um, I think also that terroir overrides age. Um, if you have a if you have a, a young vineyard in a very good area, I think you can make a, make a better wine than an old vineyard in a, a marginal area. So for me, it's more important the particular site rather than the particular age. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Because mm. that's also what I've heard, you know, that there are some young vineyards that make, you know, that the wine is just so amazing that you cannot compare it really hmm. oh, i think it is a lot of value um it's always sad to see i've got a neighbor that the other day took out an old block of shannon blanc i wish i could we don't make shannon at lamato kasuka so we we leave that for our other brand let sleep with we does it very good um and uh but it was so sad to see the neighbor taking out and i almost Took it on my own, on my personal costs to almost convince him to say, leave the vineyard, I'll buy the shin and I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but um, just to, but he took it out. 
And uh, there's only so many of them in the country. And um, um, those, some of those vineyards, if it's the correct place, the correct cultivar, um, you can get a lot of um, people pay per block then, not per, per ton. So you make an agreement with a farmer and say you will pay for the block 100,000 rand per hectare. And then um, if you get five tons, make that uh, calculation, then that's what you pay per ton. Uh, so that's how it works, um, at least in South Africa. So it can be a very, uh, if, if you add, uh, maybe it was laziness, but maybe calculation, but there's some farmers today with old vineyards, uh, a lot of um, them in front, in front uh, where we are, um, especially Semilon, there's 100 year plus old vineyards right next to us here. And those, those vineyards are very valuable today um, because of, of people that, um, but I had the patience to leave it like that, and and um, there's not a lot around. So so I, I would have been very happy if we had only one block of of something old that you can um, keep separate and follow and do a vintage tasting uh, with that, and uh, that 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 would be fantastic. But I I don't have my hands on that at the moment. At some stage we tried to get, uh, but there was so much the demand that we literally gave up and say oh, it's not going to be that um, valuable for us um, but by, people are paying crazy money and I think it's a good talking point um, in South Africa for the wine industry it's, it's an important thing to have that movement going yeah. and I'll, I'll cherish each of those blocks and, and um, hopefully the farmers don't uh, take it out too early we will see it obviously more and more in the future but viruses we need to take care of that's a problem oh i see yeah well edmund this was so interesting talking to you now and um but tell me what are your wishes now for the future well um my wishes for the future is that we don't age too quickly um mm. it's uh, uh it, would, it would have been fantastic to have um something or some other brand of your own something um but for the moment i'm not uh, really allowed to to get involved with with other brands or my brand um that's part of my my contract uh, it would have been uh, maybe i'll start something um when i retire at lamotte this uh, these days you don't retire anymore you just keep on going going so yeah. there will be time for that. Um, but for the immediate future, I, I hope for for more success for, for Lamat. We we would like to have a bigger footprint um, of, of clients all over the world. I hope to meet um, more people. Uh, we're getting um, close to Cape Wine um, now that COVID is, is passed in, in October coming. Looking forward to, to, to meet um, the rest of the world that will be team up in, in Cape Town to come and taste South African wines. So yes, yeah, so we just hope for, for better, better success, um, more clients, um, and we'll active, actively try to make every year a better wine. Mm. We, we'll just try to make better and better wines. Well, they say 60 is the new 40, so um, you will probably your wish will probably get be true when you say you want to do your own thing one day yes 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 so we will 
we will um we will uh, it would be nice to leave something you know for your children a brand yeah. that, that that you build it up and um uh, would also be part of the south african wine industry mm-hmm. but for now it's lamat 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 yeah and i'm i'm very lucky to to work at lamat mm-hmm. i just think also um uh, how wonderful this old wine project uh, or, or uh, vineyards that can be left for uh, generations to come you know it's this is something also that i find so lovely that if if it's possible for a farmer to leave a block you know for the next generation that would be so great yes of course um um, um i mean it's it, it it's also to stand in a vineyard that you know was planted 115 years ago it's right next next to us here we have those kind of vineyards in the history you see in that plants that um that age you you and you have respect for that mm-hmm. um and and yes like i said i think we will see it more and more this 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 uh, we we we're taking out vineyards at the moment quicker than we plant uh, we we used to be at 103000 hectares we're standing now at about 90,000 hectares is still going going down but hopefully part of that that that's uh, will be kept will be the old, old uh, vineyards uh, yeah. but let's let's hope for the best let's hope yeah <laughs> but um edmund i still have just one question for you uh what can you do a shout out for your favorite restaurant or coffee shop in the area where do you go frequently Um there's a, a, a place in Paul um uh, it's the old Labourie uh, farm wine farm was owned by KWV mm-hmm. my my wife actually used to own that restaurant uh, mm-hmm. it was still called Labourie and these days they call it Giovanni's and mm-hmm. uh, this guy just makes simple italian food and if you're nice with him he'll bring you a limoncello on the house and Really? People, it's always fully booked it's a nice mm. uh, view especially in the summer it's very very nice there and um it's a little bit uh, far for us to, to you know but 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 we daily go towards in that direction because of schools we've got mm. some of the best schools in the country on our doorstep um and and you can just as well pop in at the nearest restaurant as well if for, if you if you go towards the school so yes um, i would say that, that Giovanni St Paul is is one of our favorites okay um, yeah I will I'll put that on I'll put the link on um for your shout out. But have a wonderful afternoon. Same for you. Um very nice to talk to you and all best uh, success with your with your operations and interviews. I'm sure you meet interesting people. <laughs> I meet the most amazing people. Yes, and it like this interview was so wonderful. Um thank you so much for your time. <laughs>